Welcome to the Latin Wealth Podcast, hosted by two entrepreneurs, Chris Beoso and Armando Pantoja. Tune in to learn more about entrepreneurship, investing, and business. All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode to the Latin Wealth Podcast. This is episode number 14, I believe. Thank you guys for joining the Latin Wealth Podcast. We drop a new episode every single Friday of the week. Armando, how are you feeling today? Great, you? Blessing well, blessing well. Um, so I hope you guys are having a great start to your 2022. Um, Armando and I, you know, we really want to grow this platform to one of the biggest Latin communities on the internet when we're talking about personal development, business, investing, um, you know, entrepreneurship. And so, you know, with a bigger platform uh, equals a bigger team naturally. So we have decided to add a former guest on the podcast and you guys will definitely be seeing a lot more of him and be hearing a lot more from him as well. He has a, a really interesting perspective um, on everything that we've been talking about. And uh, we know he's going to be a phenomenal fit. Welcome our brother Dean to the podcast. How you doing, bro? Hello, hello, hello. Wow. I feel like it's such a humble, amazing intro. Thank you for having me here. I'm, I'm grateful to be part of the family now. Thank you so much. I'm good. I'm good. How, how, how are you? I'm blessing well. So for the people out there that have not heard Dean's story, uh, definitely go back to episode 11. I think it is to the podcast. Hear his, hear his story, hear his uh, journey and what he's doing as an entrepreneur. Uh, but really briefly, we would love for you to share, you know, some of the value you'll be bringing to the platform and talk about some of the things that you're passionate about and that you love to speak about. Uh, one of the main things I love to speak about is how to engage and help rebuilding the community mm -hmm. whatsoever, you know, especially the, the Latin community, because I feel like we're underrepresented in a lot of platforms in a lot of ways. And especially in the, in the wall street scene as well, I feel that there's many ways on how Latinos can also get the dollar back and also learn how to reuse that dollar, whether it's to invest in property investing their home or just invest in a better future for their future generations as well. And I also believe that, you know, with, with all that's me and all represent, I'm always talking about what's the update with what goes on with Puerto Rico, how ways on how, or suggestions on how we can rebuild the community in Puerto Rico and everything that goes along with that. Mm, love it. Love it. So we're definitely excited to have Dean on the platform and Dean part of the, the podcast. Like I said, you're going to be seeing him a lot more. Um, you know, it might be a combination of the two or the three of us on the podcast. It might be two of us. We'll mix it up and we'll definitely go from there. We're still going to have guests on the podcast as well, but we just wanted to add another layer to it as well. Uh, Armando, do you have anything real quick? Yeah, I don't have anything. It's happy to have yeah. Dean on the podcast. Uh, yeah. Happy to have uh, happy, you know, 2022 is going to be a big year. So it's great to have the extra help, the extra expertise, and the extra perspective. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Cool, cool. Means a lot, so, lot coming from you, big dog. <laughs> yep. So with that being said, uh, something that we wanted to talk about today, if we haven't spoken about on the podcast just yet, is the metaverse, right? This is something that is very popular right now. It's a hot topic. Everybody's trying to figure it out. Everybody wants to know more information about it. People are trying to make money. Um, Everybody, you know, entrepreneurs, influencers, business owners, investors, um, people are trying to take advantage of this moment. So I wanted to have a conversation about it. I wanted to like 
first break down what the metaverse is because you know with, with facebook recently going through their rebrand um from facebook to meta a lot of people think uh you know facebook owns the metaverse or they think you know they are the metaverse and that's not necessarily the case you know there's different metaverses out there uh with that being said you know armando i would love for you to kind of break down what the metaverse is and help us under, help the people understand, you know, what to expect. You know, in my opinion, just real quick, I think that we're still very, very early to all of this. I think that I don't know if anybody fully understands what the metaverse is going to be, right? If you look, if you go back to 19, 1996, 1997, when Web 1.0 was being created, I don't think anybody knew a Facebook or Amazon was going to come out of that that bubble right that group of people or that group of companies so i think we're in the same situation where you know it's, it's very early and i don't know if anybody truly understands what this can be or when it could you know fully be emerged to our our society i guess is the what i'm trying to say but let we're, us know what your thoughts are i'm prime example i don't know nothing <laughs> i'm trying to see what uh the hype is what get a better <laughs> understanding because this is a topic that i'm not really too um well versed on and i would love to learn because i understand like almost everybody i know is like hopping on this mo on this movement i'm just like okay i just maybe i just need better guidance so mm -hmm. if you want to talk about that i'm definitely here for it yeah so uh so most people are introduced uh to the metaverse concept is that when facebook changed their name to meta they signaled or in their office said that they were gonna do a you know focus more on this metaverse concept right so that's when most people were made aware of the metaverse, right? So it's been a it's been a trending topic since then. It's been people jumping on, trying to make money, trying to find where they fit in. But the thing about the metaverse is that this is not a new topic. It's been out for 30 years. There was, you know, there was a book in 1992 which actually coined the term metaverse. And it talked about uh, it was a world in which we represented our physical lives in a digital way, in a digital space, right? So in a or digital environment. So that's, it's been around like 30 some years, right? And, then, and if you even look back into the early 2000s, around the mid 2000s, 2005, 2006, there was, a, uh, there was a, a platform called Second Life. Mm. A lot of people don't know that that existed, but at that time it was huge. And it was one of the first early, early versions of the metaverse concept, uh, like everybody understands it today. It was a world in which people lived their second life. They, 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 they performed business and meetings there. They went to college. They uh they they went to jail. It was like it was the whole world that was for about three or four years. It was very very popular. It had a million something users. People were living their lives, making money. A lot of people made millions in there. And then the concept kind of went away, right? Uh, by 2010, it, it turned more into like a mostly sex and stuff. Then you know everybody kind of like went away with it. Right? Ten years, eleven years passed. And then uh, if you watch what Facebook's been doing over the last ten years, they've actually been not this. They bought Oculus Rift. Six seven years ago, I think it was right around that time, which was the VR headset. So when they did that, a lot of people were confused, like, why are they doing this, right? Because they already had the plans to build this stuff. They've been working on Facebook Horizons for a while, which was a virtual reality form of Facebook. So when they finally announced it, that's when everybody started, oh, my God, you know, maybe this is going to be a great, great thing to invest in. And so the metaverse basically, at its base base root, is just a is is a is a, a a life or a representation of a physical world inside a digital space. And like Chris said earlier, there's not one particular place right now where you can just go and that's called the metaverse. The metaverse is actually 
Right now, it's like five or six companies that have their own individual spaces that each have a, a world that exists in that space. So a lot of people hear that and they say, well, how do I know which one to go into? Well, the thing about technology is that technology always starts fragmented, right? That mm -hmm. means that every it's like almost silo. Right? And if you, uh, you guys are probably too young to remember this, but in the early 2000s, uh, you could only text people that were in your network. Like if I had AT&T, I could only text people in AT&T. If I had Sprint, I could only text people in Sprint. If I had Verizon, I could, and over, that was, it was segmented, right? So everyone had their own network, own way of doing things. Over time, it became a unified network that everybody could text everybody. So all technology always starts segmented like that. Then it moves on to, you know, standards, uh, you know, best practices and all. And it eventually becomes one place where everybody does the same work. Because it's easier for companies to do that, right? They eventually figure that out. Uh, all we got to do is we all invest in this one place and we all can do our business there. So like I said, the base of the metaverse is just a, a digital representation of physical world. That means businesses, that means buildings, that means per people, clothes, everything that you would have in your physical world will exist in the metaverse in a digital way. Absolutely. So for the people out there that have their 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 interests are sparked right now, they're they're curious, they may be thinking, now why would I want to be in the metaverse? Why would I want to have clothes? Why would I want to have a business? Why would I want to be in the metaverse? It's not real. Um I can just live my life out here. What, what what's the benefit of being in there? I'm gonna tell you something, man, is that when tech when text messages first came out, I said, "Ain't no, there's no way nobody is ever going to send text. Why not just call the people? That's what I saw. Mm. Right? And I, when Twitter came out, I said, Twitter's stupid. Nobody's going to use Twitter. A lot of times the new technology comes out, we don't understand it because it hasn't found its path yet. Mm -hmm. But like Twitter didn't, like all this stuff didn't find its path yet. It's a, it's a plat like you said before, a technology platform that great things can be built on, but nobody knows what the great things are yet. Right? But I'll tell you this, is that we may not be able to see what the metaverse is used for. Because if you look at the kids, kids spend mm -hmm. a lot of time in Roblox, uh, Minecraft, and these already formed the digital world. That's the reason why Roblox stock went up. Facebook announced the metaverse is because Roblox is already a place where kids live in a sort store of metaverse. They already mm -hmm. do a lot of things. They already perform business. They already buy things. So we may not be the ones actually get into the metaverse, right? We may not be the our kids will. It's another thing is that we got to have the ability to see what's coming. Right? What, what, if we look at what happened, like you ever heard this quote by uh, Henry Ford? Uh, he created the first like real commercial car, I guess, that regular people can buy. He said, if, if, I, had, if I had went around and asked everybody what they wanted, they would have said, uh, they would have told me uh, a faster care, a faster horse. Mm -hmm. right? they, would, they didn't understand that a car could even exist. What could happen? They would have said, oh, I just need a faster horse. Right? They didn't know. So it's like that with the metaverse, right? Is that as it is right now today, it may not be feasible. But you got to remember, Elon Musk and a lot of big people are working on machine-to-brain connection, which means mm -hmm. I put on a headset, connects to my brain through the skin and bone, connects to the lobes in my brain. For example, the hearing lobe, sight lobe, the taste lobe, elect direct electrical connections, and now you're in the metaverse. Now it starts to make sense. Now I can stay at home. I can work. All the you know traffic problems are gone. I can visit places. We can get together as friends, go to bars, go to clubs, can play basketball. All these things can exist now. Now it makes sense. Now I want, now if I'm, I can go, if I can fit right in the metaverse through my five senses, now I may want to wear some jewelry. Mm -hmm. I may want to have some nice clothes. I may want to, how is this going to work? Well, you got to buy it from somebody. Now you see 
that it's a place for business. They got to have buildings because where else, what am I going to do? I got to walk around, go into buildings. They got to have land for basketball, things like that. It has, now you see that as a potential for You got to be able to see what's coming, not what is already at today. Right. So I, I got a question. So because mm-hmm. you, you already brought us somewhat because I was going to ask you. So for my for I, I, uh, I want to take this approach. Can this metaverse possibly I don't if it isn't already, can it possibly be the new work from home? Can I build sustainable income at some point or I, I don't know if it's happening yet, but could I uh, have my own job in the metaverse right from home? Yeah, right now there's real estate agents that's doing a lot of making a lot of money. There's uh there's uh land developers, people who buy the land, and then what they're doing is they're hiring developers to build buildings, build things on it, and they're making a lot of money advertising. Mm-hmm. For example, there's a popular spot in the metaverse where everybody's at. People are buying this land and they're advertising heavily on the land, so they're making money mm-hmm. like that. So there's already jobs in it, right? Yeah. But it's mostly mm-hmm. speculation and trying to figure out what's the purpose for it. But eventually, with enough time. If the metaverse goes to where it's supposed to go, every job and probably some extra jobs that we don't even know about will exist in the metaverse that don't exist today. Yeah, and I was gonna say there, there's definitely opportunity to make money in there. Um, you know, you there's some like games that people go on there and they they yield their crypto and it's making them money every single day. So uh, and what Armando brought up about the land and whatnot. Um I don't know if you heard, but Snoop Dogg recently purchased like a huge plot of land in one of these metaverses. And what people are doing is they're buying property around Snoop Dogg to be his neighbor in the metaverse. And what a lot of these people are planning on doing is like renting that space out. So it, it gets crazy. It, it's like it's real crazy to wow. think about and to understand. But it, wow. people are doing it. You know, people are legitimately making money on it and i think what it is is people and businesses are taking advantage of attention they're going to where the attention is so if all the attention is in the metaverse well i'm gonna buy a piece of land so when more attention comes here when a concert when travis scott wants to do a concert in the metaverse he can rent out my 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 plot of land right next to snoop dogg or something like that you know like a lot of stuff, whenever like stuff comes out, like the internet, at first, to be honest, you guys are too young, you can't remember this, but the internet in the 90s was kind of weird. It's just a bunch. I remember when it first came out, you would get on there and you would read all this information and you'd be like, now what? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I read like, because I would get on there, I'd read NBA.com, I'd go to a few pages. And then, you know, and I was like, now what? Like, what else am I going to do? Like, Web 1.0 was just basically informational pages. There was no social mm-hmm. media, no connection with people, no chat. And chat came actually a little few years later. There was none of that, right? It was just web pages. Right. Eventually, right. you get tired of web. It was no Wikipedia, so you couldn't really, like, like, it wasn't like information wasn't organized yet like it is now. So you basically mm-hmm. had to know the domain name, and you had to go to these pages, right? And then pretty soon, you're like, well, I'm my own name. So you would just... Like move on, right? Because it wasn't really a mature version yet. But as it moved on, Web 2.0, now we got social media. Now we got mm-hmm. apps, you know, apps. Now we got Uber and stuff like that. Now you start, you got, you know, people arguing on Facebook and stuff all day. Mm-hmm. Instagram, <laughs> all of that happened. Now it's more entertaining. So every time we go higher and higher on those levels, it gets more and more feasible, more and more entertaining. So that's what's going to happen in the metaverse. We're at the like 1.0 stage with that. It's mm-hmm. not going to make a lot of sense and stuff like that right now. 
So, so it's like a slow, steady process, but it can yeah. get to a bigger yeah. platform eventually. Yeah. Right. Like, it's funny. I'm going to give you guys something. You know, the first digital camera ever was created in 1975. Mm. But how long did it take us to have digital cameras integrated in our everyday life? 30 sure. years? Mm-hmm. You know, it takes a long People, when they're aware of technology, by the time the, the average person is aware, it does take off fast. But people got to remember that was like a whole bunch of development and talk way before that. Like I told you, the Metaverse concept was created in 1992. That we're, we're 20, what, 30 years? What, 20 years? Yeah, 20 years. Uh, is that 20 or 30? It's 30, right? Yeah, my math's off. Yeah, 30 years, 30 years ago. So now we're just hearing about it. So now if the metaverse takes off five years and now it blows up and everybody knows about it, it took 35 years to get there, but people don't, you know, mm. you know, it was movies in the 90s where they were showing virtual reality metaverses, right? Lawnmower Man, so the Matrix was kind of kind of like touching mm. on that subject and that was in 1999. Yeah, there's also yeah. that recent one that came out in 2016, uh, I think it was like 2018, it was uh, Ready Player One. Where yeah. all the everybody in the world had the, yeah. the piece to connect to the whole other universe, and you can do whatever. And I, I'm seeing that now. I'm like, holy cow! It's like they predicted it that this was going in this direction. Yeah, it, like I said, that, that concept's been around for crazy. years. They just kind of like played off of that concept. It's been around right. for years. No, I was gonna say made it, they made it more, I guess, more exciting. I was talking to my dad last night trying to explain to him like this whole metaverse and NFTs and whatnot. And he said when you would go on the internet back in like 96, 97, when I, I didn't really understand it, but I guess there was a point where you can, if you wanted to look something up and find a picture of something, let's just say a bulldog, then they were organized like in a file. So you had to type in yeah, dog yeah. and then click on bulldog and then click on like a bunch of files to get to the picture you wanted to look at and then you were then to download it which take like five minutes to download it's just it crazy impossible to find images on the awesome. internet before like before the google images came out it was almost impossible to find images on the internet you had yeah. to like almost know exactly what you were looking for and then look on the pages till you found on the file system like your dad said until yeah. you found something it wasn't like it like you can just click on the tab and see the images now i'm like that yeah Absolutely. Thinking so, about the progress of everything mm-hmm. that led up to where we are now. Just remember, because I had the big old uh, desktop with like the the back, like the back of it, and the whole uh, machine right there. All you had to do is push a button, wait like 10, 15 minutes just for the computer to turn mm-hmm. on. Now, yeah. only to use it for email check to mm-hmm. receive news. Um, this is around the time that youtube had just started so everybody was like not uploading videos at the time but then when there were some viral videos on youtube that created a whole movement for everybody to upload a video on youtube and then it, it eventually evolved to putting sports updates to putting news uh music videos that was like it became the platform known where if you want to see a visual um footage of anything that goes on in the world or anything pop culture wise you would go to youtube back then so i wonder mm-hmm. if that will be or is there going to be a type of youtube or a version of youtube in the metaverse that everybody will go to for somewhat of a vi- visual representation or video or upload like a music video or something along the mm-hmm. lines like that is if that isn't already happening uh, you know, in my opinion, I think, uh, Armando, you can touch on it after, you know, I think companies like YouTube are going to have to figure out a way to integrate themselves into the metaverse, right? And if they don't, it could be a situation where 
maybe YouTube is no longer the platform people want to use. Maybe there's a platform in the metaverse that can pay you a lot better um, than what YouTube pays you, right? And maybe you can post literally whatever you want in on that platform, right? Because I know, you know, there, YouTube has some restrictions and whatnot. And if you can't cuss in certain videos and, you know, you won't be able to monetize it, maybe there's a platform in the metaverse that allows you to do all that. And it, it's pretty much um, open for the community. So I think, in my opinion, one or two will happen. Either YouTube is going to have to figure out how to way to squeeze themselves in there, or uh, there's going to be platforms that pop up that are going to be the new YouTube. Now, uh, now the, the future beyond that, uh, so we got Web 1.0, right? That's mostly pages on the internet. Web 2.0 is the emergence of social media and the ability to mm -hmm. talk to and communicate and share information quickly. Mm -hmm. So the thing about Web 1 is now we're, on web, we're moving to Web 3.0. I'm going to tell you some of the elements of 3.0. Web 1.0, 2.0, it was always, uh, there was always somebody we had to ask for the information. It's yeah. YouTube, whether it's like uh, servers or whether it's like Instagram or Facebook. We, already had to, we always had to ask for information. In, in software engineering, it's called a request and response. So I have to request information. I get a response back from a server, like a YouTube or Instagram, whatever, and I get the information. Now, Web 3.0 is, is going to change a lot of it because it's, it's going to move towards decentralization. You know, for Web 1.0 and 2.0 are centralized. That means you've got to ask information from some power, right? Web 3.0 is going to be decentralized. So if we move towards that, somebody like YouTube, I know, I think Chris just touched on it, said that, you know, they, who is this any block information? Like, even like TikTok, when you talk about crypto, or, you know, yeah. like it's up to them, right? What they think is right. So mm -hmm. Web 3.0 is going to be decentralized. What that means is that there's going to be nobody controlling what goes out. So the people will control it themselves. You know? So it is going to be no company sitting around deciding what I'm going to allow you to do and stuff like that, taking people off. That won't exist. In web, you know, and we get to full Web 3.0. All these social media platforms, I think, will be decentralized, which means that like Bitcoin, like cryptocurrency right now is decentralized, most of it. Mm -hmm. That means that, if, like Chris, Chris was talking about it earlier, and he can touch on that story later. Uh, he lost some Bitcoin, right? So he's nobody to call, nobody you can, can ask, nobody to reverse it because that doesn't exist. Same thing with the web; it's going to be like that. It's going to be decentralized, where I can't report you and get you in trouble. All that stuff won't exist. It'll be a, actually a, a truly first time in history a free space for everybody to create, uh, talk about their perspective and stuff for the first time in history. Right, because the internet is still controlled by a few powers. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, uh, with with that being said, you know we get a lot of people asking us, and it's almost like a panic. People are like, "How do I take advantage? How do I take? You know, how do I make money in this metaverse? You know, I'm going to lose this opportunity." Right, a lot of panic. Right, and a lot of times, what I tell people is like, "Look, okay, just take a deep breath, relax." <laughs> and, um, <laughs> You got to remember that. I don't know what to do. I need to start right. somewhere, you know. <laughs> you got to start somewhere. And I'm like, look, the first thing you got to do is just remember that we are early into this. And the fact that you are thinking about getting into this space is, I think it's a good start. But what I think the second thing is you have to do is don't be so quick to throw your money into these different projects, these different things, right? I would spend a lot of hours on educating yourself, right? Educate yourself on how to understand the metaverse, the different metaverses out there, educate yourself on crypto when this whole space before you even think about getting into and trying to figure out how to make money, right? 
education to me is absolutely the key before you step into the metaverse. So for the people out there that are kind of panicking and they're like, man, where do I start? What do I do? Start with education. Number two, start with education. Number three, start with education. All three, <laughs> educate yourself. It is well, I, think I think you're missing us though. I think you have to start with education, right? Right, right, right. right. <laughs> Anytime okay. you feel like you got to rush into an investment, is something wrong. Yeah. So never have to rush. I mean, anytime you feel like you've got to rush or you're going to miss it, it's something you need to step back and think, why am I thinking like this? You know, and you should never, ever, ever rush into it. You feel like you have to, then there's something wrong. Right? Metaverse is going to be here for a while. You need to, like Chris said, you have to educate yourself first. Just take your time, right? Because that's how people get into the wrong phases of the cycle. With all the excitement, all the stuff that's going on, everybody's talking about it, the trendy stuff. Normally, that's the top of the market, most cases, or the, or close to the top. If people jump in, then it falls down after, and then they end up holding the bag, right? So uh, it never never pays to rush into an industry. Yep, absolutely. Um, before we transition into a story that I wanted to tell, did you guys have anything else about the metaverse, Dean? Did you have any other questions about it? I did. You know, we, I had yeah. um, one thing I wanted to bring up. So, because I saw a post that uh, one of my friends did where it was a couple millionaires that invested their NFTs into the metaverse. And when I saw what one of my friends was playing with it and we saw a broadcast of the metaverse, that the same NFTs that he had was up on a wall in the museum. And I thought that was pretty cool. Like, I didn't know that you bought it, you buy an NFT and you can literally hang it like a poster in your house in the metaverse. And the, and the reality is that it's worth mm-hmm. a couple hundred or a couple thousand or a couple million dollars. And it's there for you to look at in the metaverse. So when people come around to your house in the verse that <laughs> they see your NFT, they see that value that it has. And if they want, they can buy it off of you. You can sell it and you can make a pretty penny off it afterwards. I saw a girl that made like almost $2 million for selling her NFT. And I'm just like, how? How? And it's, that's just that just blew my mind, the fact that there's yeah. NFTs in the metaverse. So I wanted to ask, like, how, how did that come about? Um, I, can, I mean, that's actually a really good transition into what I wanted to talk about. Um, did you want to go ahead and touch on it real quick, Armando? Uh, let me see like uh because my thing about it gotta, is it, it kind of goes back ahead, to what it, it kind of goes back to what armando was saying is when you're in the metaverse it's decentralized so we can pretty much create and do whatever we want in this space so if we want to set up an art museum um and you know dean you put your nft up there armando you put your nft up there and i put my nft up there we can invite people to our art museum right we can charge them i don't know one ethereum to, that's probably a lot actually but 0. 0.05 <laughs> e- like 0.05 ethereum to come to like they have to pay to get into the art space to check out um the art you know you, you can be able to do that and be able to interact with people so um that's kind of my take on it it's it's really there's people doing it already like you said there's people that are creating their own art space and whatnot they're creating their own home space where you can come in there and check out you know some of their virtual collection maybe they have like a virtual shoe collection that you can check out as well um but yeah wow that's pretty cool but um so the thing about uh like you said the people are selling these uh 
part part of the reason why NFTs are so expensive now is that we're in a bubble. Yeah. And I mean, that, the thing about people hear that they get like, well, oh my God, they get scared. But all tech, all new technology starts with a bubble. Because mm-hmm. people don't know where what what to use it for. The like internet.com bubble of the late 2000s, early 2000s, late 90s was a bubble. And anytime a new technology comes out that's transformative like that, it's always a bubble because people don't know all this money goes into it. But that money is what funds the new development that comes in the years after, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, a lot of these NFTs, to be honest, my opinion, some people don't agree with me. A lot of them going to zero. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of them will stay around, like the big crypto funds will probably stay around. All these, you know, the bigger ones will stay. But a lot of these other ones, like you said, so if it's a, like, like just think about it, like everybody, anybody that throws up NFTs now is making money. Now, mm-hmm. all of them can't hold value forever. Like, if unknown artists, 12-year-old girls and stuff, they cannot hold their value forever. That's not how markets work. So eventually, a lot of them go to zero. But that is, that's not a bad thing, because eventually a lot of cryptos go to zero. Eventually, a lot of businesses go to zero, right? right. That's, how, that's how the world is. But uh, like I said, you just got to be able to pick the right ones. Like, you can't just, a lot of people are throwing their money at any NFT that comes out. Any, yeah. their boys, yeah. anyone. And that's that's what's going to cost a lot of people some money. But if you choose the right one, the NF, we're talking about NFTs as in regard to, like, the images that are out. Like, NFTs can represent a lot of things. Digital work, mm. digital wearables and the land and the metaverse. The NFTs are not restricted to just graphic images. They're restricted to any digital item that needs to be uh, unique and has to show a particular owner. That That's all it is. NFT is deeper than that. It's more technological and techno- technology-wise than that. But that's the basic concept for NFT. It just needs a rep. digital item, unique representation. Say this is unique and it needs to be able to prove that this is the unique owner to this work. It's all NFT. Yeah. So it can be a pair of shoes, it can be a hat, be a piece of uh, artwork, anything that's digital, software code, anything. So, uh, so like I said, is most of the, the the images I think going to going to go to zero. They're going to be worse within about a year. But some of them will stay. The ones that stay will be worth a lot of money. Uh, so it's just almost like like crypto. Most cryptos go to zero, ninety percent eventually. Because uh, that's ten thousand, it's thousand thousand groups be created every day, and most of those go to zero. So uh, that's just my opinion on NFTs. Uh, you know, I just feel like the, I've seen this before a couple of times in the crypto world, uh, just under different names. And every time the same things happen. But NFTs are a great technology and it's going to do a lot. You know, it's going to be transformative going forward, especially in the metaverse. It's a real need for it. Yeah. And what I was going to say to add on to that, what I wanted to transition to is um, something that I seen. It's crazy. All of this happened this morning for myself. So I go on Instagram and uh, I'm scrolling on you know Instagram and something comes up and it says the creator of Doodle Dragons, which is an NFT, um, decides to rug pull the whole project. Now, for those of people that don't know what rug pull means is basically they promote the NFT, they promote the product and they get everybody to pay for it. They, com- they, um, they create that hype and what he does with the money is he he's supposed to reinvest it back in the community and create you know more opportunities but he rug pulls it and just runs off with the money literally just runs off with the money and that's it so like armando says causing the nft to just go to zero and all those people lost their money which is it's it actually it's insane like he was on twitter um and he was saying look there's been a lot of backlash of where we're going to donate the money thirty thousand dollars uh, we're going to donate it here. We're going to donate it there. And then he tweeted and he said, actually, F that. 
our charity will instead now be my bank account. Goodbye. And that was it. Yeah, he's going he's gonna to get in trouble for that one. That was stupid. Uh, <laughs> I mean, people don't understand that there's that, uh, that a lot of those people don't realize that there's laws that, that govern. Yeah. And this is the same thing that happened in the ICO craze of 17 is that they think they're in an unregulated space, that they can do whatever they want. But the way that you like the way that you say he marketed that project, it falls under security laws that already exist. Mm-hmm. So the SEC is going to come after him hard in about two years. He yeah. don't really re- a lot of people don't realize they're like, oh, I can do this, I can do whatever I want. It's crypto. Nah, man. When you promise to take money and reinvest it back in the project, you created a security, mm-hmm. and the SEC is is governed security law. Mm-hmm. So they will eventually come after him, and they're going to they're going to find him and take all his money back, and may even arrest him for that. Can't mm-hmm. that, that, that if he want to because he said that one thing that he's going to reinvest the funds, it falls under security law. And then they're not going to let him get away with that. Now, a lot like this happened in 17 with the ICOs that people don't realize there's behind this if you do it that way. If people think they're in a, oh, crypto noise, yeah, but there's already existing laws about investing. There's already existing laws. And if you do it the wrong way, it falls right under those existing laws instead of you being in an unregulated space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the last thing that I kind of wanted to touch on real quick, the other thing that happened to me this morning is um, I got scammed for my crypto account, my MetaMask account. And so with MetaMask, if you guys don't know, um, they don't have the two, what is it? Two-faced authorization, I think it is. So basically what that is, is you need to be able to like log in two times to get into the account. They don't have that is what I'm trying to say. It's really easy to get into. Um, so you you have your password and you have a recovery phrase that you're not supposed to give out to anybody. And so after I read that, I'm like doing some research about crypto NFTs and whatnot. And um, I'm in Discord and I get a message saying that you need to verify your MetaMask account. So I went ahead and did that. And it was, a I guess, a faulty website. I logged in gave my information and the people on the other side, obviously they just wiped everything out and that was it. Right. Thank God that I don't have all my crypto on that one account. I mean, I just use MetaMask to, to play around with it and buy NFTs in here and there, but it was definitely an eye opener for me and it sucked because it was, it was money, you know? So, you know, I definitely wanted to share some of the things that you guys can do to prevent things, these from happening to you. So, when we talk about investing in NFTs, we talk about investing in different projects. You guys definitely have to look at um, the project and make sure it has a solid utility, right? Some of these projects, they're just all hype. They don't got nothing back in it. They don't got nothing behind it, behind it right? Um, the second thing I would definitely do if I were you, um, like that Doodle Dragon project or whatever it is, you want to make sure that you know the founders and the founders are out there, right? Because a lot of these people are um, disguising themselves behind, you know, different names and they're not really who they are. So, and that's how a lot of people get caught up is because they don't, they're investing in a company and they're investing in people that they don't even know. They're not even like relevant on the internet or anything like that. Um, And you also want to make make sure that these NFT projects and these, even these coins and whatnot, they have a solid community. They have a real community because you'll see a lot of these NFTs, they'll buy 100,000 followers for Discord and they'll get you to believe, wow, there's a lot of people in here, right? But they're all fake followers. So you got to make sure that there's a solid community. You got to make sure you know the founders and you got to make sure it has um, a legit utility behind it. 
Right. And like I'm saying, just understanding, like I'm glad that you said all this, Chris, is that just awareness that some of them are fraudulent, some of them are, mm-hmm. are trying to steal your money is enough to make people like just, just careful. A lot of people think this stuff is like, oh, it's, un, it's you know, it's, it's all legit. You know, everybody's making money. I've seen, so I've seen six posts over the last day that everybody making money. So they jump into it thinking that it's like a, almost a guaranteed way of making money. You got to understand is that a lot of them are frauds. A lot of them know that they're going to zero. A lot of them aren't even going to, like the guy with the rug pull, he knew, he knew it wasn't mm-hmm. going to do nothing. He knew it from the beginning. And he just like, he just got the money and left. And it's a lot, because we're so late in the phase now is that there's a, a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Remember, there's something like that that comes out and people make a lot of money. It's legit at first. And then all the scammers all over the world realize how easy the, the, the buried entry to get in is low. All I got to do is make a bunch of images, which I can do mm-hmm. on Fiverr, and I can promote, I can buy some followers on Instagram, buy some Discord followers, and start posting people. And I'll mm-hmm. make a bunch of money. And it's not hard for a scammer to figure that out. You know? So they start from, they start doing that, right? Mm-hmm. And then they uh, and you got to be have your guard up, man, because they'll any. I'll tell you this: anybody that approaches you about something is probably a scam. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if anybody DMs about anything crypto or money related directly, or anybody reaches out to you, that's 99 percent is a scam, right? That's one thing. Uh, secondly, just be careful. Like links that you get, uh, anybody send you a link, never click that link and do anything with it, ever. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, yeah, that, that link, like I said, I know, I know how you feel. But like I said, I got hacked. Uh, somebody hacked, uh, somebody stole my Bitcoin back in 2011. The first experience I ever had with Bitcoin is some dude stole 500 from me. But uh, I learned a lot since then. So that, uh, you just, any link that you get, you only type it in yourself. Whoever mm-hmm. given any link, because they can look just like the link. Just to look up there, it'll look like. One letter off or something, and you don't pay attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to be very careful with the links you get. Gotta and you keep your guard up, man. Because remember, the crypto cannot, you can't, once I steal it from you, you can't get it back. So it's a big right. target for hackers. Of course, if I was a hacker, if you was a scammer, wouldn't you, what would you want to steal? U.S. dollars of crypto. You could, once you get the crypto, they cannot get it back no matter what. You have to decide to get it back. And you're not going to decide to get it back, of course. So they, you got it forever. And, it's, and it's, you know, it's anonymous. They don't know who you are. And there's no real way to track it like overseas and stuff like that. So they, it's a perfect crime. You have to be aware that that crime is out there. And it's crazy because, I mean, you kind of can track it on the blockchain. You can see that money has been transferred out of your account. <laughs> and you can see where it's going. It, it's a crazy. I'm like, there goes my money right there. It's to some random account. Or oh, there it goes. But, you know, personally, personally, I'm, I'm still... I'm, this might be controversy, but I'm still bullish on NFTs because I think in the future, they're going to be more integratable with our regular lives in this respect. I think there's going to be a time where you purchase a ticket to go to the movies online and you're going to get an NFT, right? And that NFT is going to allow you to get into the movies. Now, that NFT may not be worth anything, but for you just to go to the movies, but I think we're going to see a lot more of that where it's going to be used like as a receipt right? It's going to be, it's going to show the transaction, right? Maybe you go online to purchase some gas at the local gas station and you go and you scan the, your, your barcode or you scan the NFT to get gas, right? And you'll be able to get uh, the yeah, gas so, you want, uh, right? The price, okay. that, that, that'll that probably happen eventually in the future, but it won't be on like the blockchains that exist today because uh, the price to create an NFT is too high. You got to pay yeah. gas to create an NFT. So it, it depends on like for high ticket items, it makes sense, but like 
Right now, but you're right. In the future, it it will be like that. What if they did it on right Solana? Now the gas price got to come down, huh? What if they did it on Solana? It's a lot cheaper. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it would have to be on a cheaper block, even or even cheaper than that. Because if you're paying like ten cents or something, it's still you know too much. Yeah, to so something. So yeah, so uh, like a few cents or less than you know, uh, it has to be like almost nothing for it. But right. it which will happen eventually. Uh, but yeah, like I said, I'm bullish on NFTs as a concept. 100%. And I think, it, like I said, I believe there's a lot of money to be made in it. I just don't, the, the what, what's happening today is just not, not sustainable, the images. But in a piece of the concept going forward, yeah, I'm very bullish on it. Yeah. I, I wanted to bring up the fact that when it comes to next movements and next um, hypes or whatever type of um, next thing that's next trending topic that comes about, is that nine times out of ten, there's always going to be some sort of um, skepticism. Like, I'll take an example of Bitcoin. Before You're talking about Bitcoin five years ago, seven years ago. Nobody, you know, not, not, not nobody, but a lot of people would just be like, I don't know what that is. I don't trust yeah, it. Yeah. If I lose something, I don't want to know nothing about it. Now that when Bitcoin blew up and everybody that invested in it, got a whole nice penny for their pocket, that was the results. And I feel like a lot of time that people who are always skeptical about something is because they want to see results. And then when Bitcoin, the prime example, blew up and they show the results of people making a lot of money mm -hmm. out of the cryptocurrencies, that's what caused more people to hop on the trend, to start investing, to get more involved in any way, shape or form. So given with metaverse or with nft when you start when people start showing results of how they've been making a penny for their pocket pocket uh some way shape or form that's when a lot more people are guaranteed to sort of hop on as well and create bigger numbers for the nfts bigger numbers for the metaverse as well so i always think it's about results the bottom line is always results you know you buy a product Example, you buy a product that's um, a windshield cleaner or you're going to buy Windex. This off-brand windshield cleaner might not have the results, but you see Windex, you already know that has results. I want it. I'll get it, you know? Yeah. That's very psychology. Yep. I love that. So do you guys have anything else about this whole conversation? Cool, cool. Yeah, I mean, so obviously we can dive super deep into this whole metaverse and NFT talk, but we definitely wanted to come on here and share with you guys, you know, at least a brief overview of what the metaverse is. Um, definitely wanted you guys to keep in mind, you know, when you're investing in some of these coins, different businesses and NFTs as well. Um, some of the ways that you can, you know, protect yourself from getting scammed. Um, but yeah, with that being said, we'll, we'll definitely have this uh, another conversation about this. I would love to go dive even deeper into some of these conversations and these topics. Uh, but with that being said, if you guys can like and share this podcast episode with one of your friends and families, please do that. You know, we really want to grow this thing up to be the biggest investing entrepreneurship business uh, platform for the Latino community. So with that being said, it's your boy, Chris, and we're out. Peace. I'll see you guys later.